Voyage of the Geek for another week, this 19th of August 2017. Joining me as always, Dan Miller and Tom McGill. Good evening. Myself, Dave Scotland. Uh, Every other week, having a look at some of the classic uh, sci-fi and cult films um, from a bygone time, and then now and then something quite new and recent. Mm. Um... And today we're going to have a look at um, the really the house that Lucas built Star Wars off, I guess, uh, his first ever foray into motion picture as a director, uh, THX 1138, mm. um, which started out, I guess, um, as a student film that later became a fully realised major motion picture. Uh, but before we get started, how are we, gentlemen? How's uh, how's our last fortnight kept us? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Pretty busy. I, I discovered that doing a very quick, short, ten-second animation can take eight hours out of your life. <laughs> four hours last night, and four hours this, four hours this morning, and it was supposed to be a two-hour thing. But there you go. That's yeah. that's your uh, passion and persistence kicking in there. Tom. Your yeah, and render problem te- technical problems. Te- yeah. So, so to qualify your statement, um, a ten-second animation that you want. To look good can take. I wanted to look the way. I, it was even cartoony, but yeah, let's. And I'm not as good an animator as I thought I was. <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's difficult to jump back on the bike sometimes mm. with animation. You forget the. Uh, well, I think what you do. You get a bit rusty. And and the rust. Um, you try to blow the rust off with complexity. And then after a couple of hours, you realise, oh, no. No, no, you've got to replace complexity with simplicity. That's right. That's that's the direction. I was trying to keep a beat. This is animated to music, so I was trying to keep a beat, and I thought, I can do that. Did you use maths? Did you try and use maths? (laughs) I tried to just listen to the sound and try to to calculate, yeah, a bit of maths, you know, to calculate what frames I should hit. But in the end, I I, I filmed my hand, with my mobile phone, I filmed my hand waving in the beat. Yeah. Mm. And then use that as my reference, yep. because that worked better. Except the mobile phone was filmed at thirty frames a second, so then I had that problem. It works better if you can keep the beat as a human, because not yeah. all humans can do that. No, <laughs> no. Some humans hear some beat that is not perceptible to our human ears, <laughs> and I've seen and it. Not being, a, being a DJ, you can see half the dance floor like that. <laughs> it's like what song is she dancing to? And it's even it's even magnified even more when it's a female that can't keep the beat because that's rare as hell like it's, mm. it's it's about as rare as a guy that can <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm trying to bring up our uh poster here what about you dan um any uh you said you've had a, oh, I had a busy crazy, week crazy week at work but um yes i'm trying to relax through computer games i've been playing what have um, you been playing MechWarrior Online, so stomping around in big robots with laser beams. Yeah. Yeah. So. And you guys both get into World of Warships too, a little bit, don't you? 
Yeah. I just installed, and Dan, you can do that too, because I know that your World of Warships is not functioning for some technical problem. It broke. Uh, they just released it on the mobile phones. Oh, what? Warships Blitz. Wow. So I've been playing that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I know that they've pushed, there's a lot of uh, advertising popping up on YouTube at the moment for World of Warships, and there's one particular one I saw the other day where there's this pristine cove um, with a sunset sort of thing, and there's a little township here or whatever. And Idyllic. Yeah, idyllic. And, and there's this boat, this military-looking boat here, and it's, you can almost hear the, the is it Fleur de Luz? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, and then all of, a sudden, all of a sudden, rain rain of terrors coming in on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> World of Warships <laughs> sort of thing in your face. Um, so I haven't That's tried that game. Yet. It's a really good good game. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet. I always enjoyed like, you know, in the first person shooter, you're, you're a nimble ninja. And you can jump out in front of the bad You jump out around the corner and you're like, oh, there's 12 bad guys around here. I'll just jump back around where I came from. <laughs> but if you're playing World of Warships and you come steaming out around an island and there's 12 bad guys... You're committed. You're, you're, yes. you're generally committed and, from the first second of the game. And what you said there is, okay, in 30 <laughs> seconds from now, I will be on the bottom of the yes. ocean. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay, let's go through this. <laughs> Here comes the fire. Oh, it's raining shells. Awesome. It's amazing <clears throat> how important brakes are. And you don't really notice how important brakes are until you drive a boat. Yeah, and you can't sidestep either. Because there's no brakes. Yeah. Mm. Right. And and even if you put it in full reverse, mm. that momentum <laughs> moving through the water can can take you know eight times your body length just yeah. to, just to come to a stop. And the slower you you go with the mm. boat, the less steering you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So when you yeah. slow down, you can control can't it move. Even, yeah. even worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even on a houseboat, that can you be have a nightmare. To think ahead. All right. So THX uh, 1138. Is this the poster? That's uh, the a, a poster. That's the a? most um, authentic one that I can find it looks like a, like from a the time. Ad out of Playboy it or looks, something. It, yeah, like something out of the newspaper. It's the most awful poster I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It's terrible. There's a better poster with, with them naked. It's not alone with this film, though. I think there are some things in it that are... I mean, as I said to Tom earlier, mm. when we pick our next movie, we need to go away from uh, experimental 70s films for a, a couple of films because I need... For a breather. I need a respite, right? Because... Um, it, it gets in the way, in my opinion, of narrative, right? It's tell a yarn, you know what I mean? Like, uh, for me, and I bang, bang on to students about this all the time, that um, we teach people how to be artists with a, with a lowercase a. And upper, uppercase artists or artists, um, they make their money in a very different way. And they make their money through exhibition, through um, something that is not commercial. Um, sometimes there's a crossover, but very rarely. And this type of film, to me, leans heavily back the other way, to the artiste. The word I'm trying to use is artisan. Yeah, yeah. They and are a skilled constructor of things. Yeah, and the... the well, an artisan is somebody who gets paid to do their work. Yes, a pay. Whereas this is not. And yes. an artiste is somebody who makes stuff that That's nobody right. understands or likes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and famously lost money at the... Like, a, <coughs> it did its ass, essentially. Um, not but, very successful but at all. Fellow, fellow um, directors and academics loved it. I mean, his his um, student film won all the prizes at um, USC, USC, yeah. University of Southern California. Yeah. yeah, so he got lots of major prizes, and, yeah. and that's how Francis Ford Coppola sort of found him. Absolutely, and through and that that student film. And Ford Coppola's um, ill-fated movie. 
production house, uh, American Zoetrope. Yeah. Um, and he cashed in on a lot of young, talented, experimental filmmakers mm. of the time. Um, it's a pity it didn't it didn't take off because they were doing some pretty cool films at the time. Um, but also for Coppola, probably saw some promise in um, Lucas because he wore successfully very early in his career both hats. He was a very technical guy, but also understood narrative. He also mm. understood the filmmaking process, and that's rare as hell. Normally you get really narrative people. Spielberg's a good example. Extremely narrative guy, knows how to work with actors. Not very technical. Mm. You Leaves that up to the technical people. Lucas is similar to Cameron in that way, where he knows how all these things work. He knows how the lights work and the camera and the film stock and the he knows all that stuff. Wasn't Lucas a car mechanic before? Originally, he, he was. Uh, he had a big interest in cars. Yeah, racing yeah. cars. You're talking mechanic. about mechanic. Yeah, so yeah. it has that technical yeah. affinity. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. I guess. <clears throat> yeah. The um, of course Lucas's um, Achilles heel, and it is also, I believe, true with this is he can't stop fucking fiddling with it. <laughs> Can't leave him alone. <laughs> yeah, just make it. Yeah, just walk away. What is Hitchcock's? You know, when movies are never finished, they're abandoned. Mm. But for Lucas, that doesn't hold true. They're never finished. Could you imagine? They're just never finished. Yeah. He just keeps fiddling with it. Could you imagine doing what he did to this film? And you, t you can tell the shots. And mm, you can, yeah. the reason why you can tell the shots is that I've, I was alive then. Granted, only by months. You mm. know, in that year, but. I know the films from that decade. Mm -hmm. That shit you put back in there can't, cannot have this existed. Big establishing shot with hundred <laughs> cars driving through it, and it was kind of like for me, it was summarised in an article I was reading about it, where Lucas had replaced a rat with a CGI mutant scorpion insect. Yes, and the question is, or was it why the, was it the other way around? No, like, no, he, no, no, no. That's the, the way around. He took out the rat and put in the mutant scorpion. Oh, that's scorpion. right. Yeah. No, I saw the scorpion, but. The thing that attacked him. It, well, it, that, that was that in the original? Also, no. No, that's in the original. They were, well, they were also monkeys. You couldn't get it to work and they they No, they were the monkeys shot. and there were people in suits. Mm. And then in the, the, the director's cut, he replaced them with actual... Yeah. Actual, with real digital monkeys. Yeah. Well, there's a... I, it was only the Savo that I had a quick look and I found a video and I might even play it later um, with the sound down and we can uh, judge for ourselves. There were... Yes, a lot of replacements of visual effects type shots, establishing shots, map paintings, that sort of stuff. But there was one shot there where um, him and the missus are making out and she's saying that, you know, people are going to see us. And he says, no, no one will see you. And then you see this really, ex um, this focus ramping, there's a big long sh line of guys' faces, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You go down the line and then you come back up the line. yeah. yeah. And right at the very start of that, they all turn and look. Um, uh, well, in the film, they're all looking the one direction. And we just see this focus getting racked along mm. the faces. And they're looking in that direction. And then the whole time they're having the, the, the um, THX and his wife are having this, mm. this conversation about looking or whatever. Conversation, in, eh? In the, re in the original film, he walks in. Yeah. He walks into that room that all those guys are. They all are looking at each other, and they turn and look at him. Mm-hmm. While at the same time he's having... Well, no, no, there was nothing... It had nothing to do with the... But in the same oh, right, edit, right, right. in the same edit, so they're, they're having having the sex, they're doing the sex. That's right. And then it cuts, it cuts to, to those him people walking and he in walks on into that them. room, and they all turn and look at him. Yeah. And um, in the director's cut, they've taken him out, 
and then they've instead intercut um, CCT-type television to make you think that all of those people are looking... Watching. ...at them. Yeah, yeah. They weren't doing that in the original. Yeah, yeah. No one was watching them Mm -mm. in the original. Mm. So he tampered with the narrative. Mm. Or maybe him walking in was was his way of, of you know imagining walking in there being being observed and it was too subtle and people didn't get it so he made made it clearer. Not good. I think a lot of the, I think you cannot get, easily get your hands at the original version anymore. Mm. So no, he's good at that. You you have the director's cut and you watch it and that's the only version I ever saw, other than you know YouTube's on on mm. before and after comparisons. And he's done that with the with Star Wars as yeah. well. But you this, can't get your hands on the, Star Wars. The difference is I don't with Star Wars we know and love the original and so we hate the the changes. Yeah. With this one I was watching the director's cut for the first time yeah. and I had totally when I was watching it I was uh, I to- totally forgot that you know he had most likely tampered with lots of scenes and I think ah oh, some of these scenes look great mm. look at the special effects look at those guys blowing up where the flames hit them and look at the and, and it's only at the very end when the car chase was happening that I realized oh hang on all the cool shots they must be the new ones <laughs> yeah. because yeah, I yeah. thought oh my he had a budget yeah. good <clears throat> lord how could you pull all that stuff off yeah. and then it, the, the car, cars come and as you said there's cars driving everywhere yeah. and you go no, he no, may no, have no, spent 20 million on it he may have spent 20 million on the cleanup, on the on the director's cut mm. which far exceeds what he spent on the actual original film mm. even in adjustment mm. terms so but I found they made them bad they made it they didn't make it worse no they didn't make it worse but at the same time you feel like you robbed a little bit you know let, let me decide what don't just fix it and then make that the thing mm. And I came up with I came up with a rule that we should implement, and, and we should start a movement to get this implemented. Anytime a director goes back in and does something, it then becomes they they cannot use the statistics that are tied to the original. No, of course not. Like Star Wars, yes, to create a new stem. Star Wars has been back at the cinemas three times, mm. you know, um, and it just keeps adding to the original things. But they're not the same film, and they, you should not just take those figures absolutely and add them to those over there. So if you you want to go back in there, that's a reset. When your, a your film, box when you reset. release your baby into the world and people start liking it and they love the film, that gets a fan fan going you don't own that film anymore that's the argument they they mm. have become they have felt fallen in love with the film as it is mm. and if you go back and change it you yep. not only can you definitely piss people off mm. but as you said yeah you can't you can't then call that still the same movie yeah. it's like that concept of moral rights yes that, you know once it's been set in the culture that that's what it is yeah <clears throat> and typically i think moral rights a bit like copyright it's the the creator who has moral Forever. rights. Forever. You can't be traded. But there might also be another type of right, which is the audience moral right or the fan base moral right. I think right. you're right. And there's a big... There's a, this is a serious discussion. Like, like we're, we're sort of tip of the iceberg, really, but this is a very serious discussion that's been going raging for the last three decades because of Star Wars. The fact that there is not a copy sitting in the, um, in the archives, the mm. American archives. Mm. Despite the fact that they've repeatedly asked for one, mm. he refused to hand one over. And therefore, there is no historical document of this film that is a turning point in cinema as we know it. Mm. 
that's wrong. Mm. And that as a society is wrong. And when he's sitting there counting his money as a result of coming out of our pockets, we should have a better relationship than that. And you should treat us with a little bit more respect than that. Do whatever you want with it, but don't rob us mm. of the thing that we that we embrace to make you be able to do that. It's a weird decision, not um, sort of acknowledging that heritage or that mm. um, versioning pipeline yeah. even. Um, yeah, it's a bit weird. So, uh, quick rundown of the show, what we like to do. Are, are, are you suggesting there should be another number in the title? <laughs> yeah. Version 2. THX 1138. V2.1. The original title was even longer. It had yeah. it was l- something labyrinth, then well, THX 1138, and then 4EB. That is the original f- student film. Yes. The student film was something like the labyrinth um, and then the THX. What's the trivia on the THX? Can it's you remember? telephone number. Yeah, it's the T and the H and the X are the letters on the first three numbers of the telephone number and then the last four numbers are for the rest of the telephone number. So quite literally it's his San Francisco telephone number. Although George Lucas (laughs) says he chose them for aesthetics. They're balanced letters. He He chose them because they look good. I think George likes to put a lot of rhyme Mm. and reason to his decisions long after the fact. Yes, because then... In, towards the end, because in in the actual film there are more characters. There's yeah. the the girl who is L U H or something. Mm. Le, le, le. Le. And he's Fux. Yeah. No, he's Thex. Thex. Yes. But and there's the the the, the Blofeld character who is S S E N. Yeah, so so and then sin, the guy sin, love, sin, love, and, and sex. And sex. Now, this never has that been the plan originally when he made the student film, where no, these right. other two characters aren't in there. Yeah, that's so right. this retrospect fitting is yeah. totally apparent. I think what happens is he gets he's, he's half of his ranch is a vineyard, and I reckon he gets on his <laughs> on his wine, gets around with backslappers like <laughs> a big room full of backslappers, so and um, and starts to riff off them, you know, and mm. and, and they say, well, we, we really love how he did this. Oh, well, yes, what I really wanted to do was this, but it led me over here. And he's making it. He's just <laughs> riffing it off the cuff. He's trumping it. Mm. Um, so, yes, the show we... Uh, we Spoilers, heavy spoilers are about to happen uh, yes. because what we do is we go through the narrative in a somewhat linear format unless the film doesn't allow us to do that, like the last film... <laughs> which made it almost impossible to go through in a linear format. Zardos. That was confusing to listen to. I didn't. I wasn't on the show, so I listened to It was confusing to be here. It was, we were well, trying to demystify it, and I got a feeling we made it worse. Your, nah. sh- your show wasn't confusing, <laughs> but you can't, you can't revisit the film like that. You no. can't learn about the film. No. Yeah. If you go hop left and right. It was forward, crazy. Exactly. I see this as our copyright protection, is yeah, that yeah. we don't actually make it any clearer. <laughs> yeah. So it's yes. not like we're copying it. We've succeeded if we've added nothing. And there's not really any spoilers, because at the end of this, you're only going to be more confused. You're going to have to go and see the original anyway. Yes, we, we yeah. leave no footprints in the landscape. <laughs> um, but spurious uh, content does is contained within. Yes. Um, so we, we start to finish. We'll try to keep a linear format. We work through the, the film and stop along the way on interesting points and plot points and visual effects, you know, creative production, whatever. Uh, and Dan is our master of ceremonies, likes to lead us on our journey mm-hmm. and as a result has to usually watch the film more than once. <laughs> um, and how would you like to kick us off today, ma'am? Um, well, first of all, we might need to do the backstory, which is... Have we seen this movie before? And if so, when? And what did you remember about it the very first time you saw it way back when or whatever? I've never seen it. Um, I have seen some behind the scenes or not behind the scenes, but 
almost like a montage of images and footage embedded in documentaries about Star Wars. Mm. Okay. When they're talking about Lucas and Especially where, that and silver, where he came from. Silver policeman Robocop. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, a lot of the shots I saw were from his student film because they're okay. talking about his first ex- that he's an experimental director and in a time where experimental directors were needed and and youth young directors were coming in because the studios were changing hands and mm-hmm. being bought up by corporations so you'd see a lot of footage of this film but it, I'd think a lot of it was from the original um, the original film uh, the mm-hmm. student mm-hmm. film but that's it so the first time I watched this was last night yeah yeah what about you Tom similar I watched it a couple of days ago for the first time ever I'd heard about it I'd seen images in documentaries I knew about it I had a, I used to have a little encyclopedia of, of I still have it but back home in Germany of uh, the cinema mm-hmm. and leafing through that there's they talk about the most you know important movies uh, and this is the encyclopedia of fantasy and science fiction movies mm-hmm. so yeah that was that was page in there on, mm. on THX yeah but uh, yeah until until a couple of days ago I had not seen it what about you can you open up a new, new tab yeah. and do a just quick Google image search for me mm-hmm. um, you need to type in the word paranoia RPG so a role playing game called paranoia I played that have you yeah back yeah. In, the, in the early 90s alright so <clears throat> if um <laughs> Paranoia is a role-playing game that I never used to really play much. I'm, I'm sure I played it, you know, a few times, but I used to love to collect the books. And I would collect the books and read the books. They were filled with lore and they were filled with stories. And and it's friggin' hilarious. It, it is a dark, dystopian future. Now, you can see here there's this eyeball with the, the computer always watching you, right? Yep. Um, and these, these people are all clones and they live inside this underground facility. And for me, this was my only contact with um, THX because this, this role-playing game stuff was driven, you know, it was driven by THX... Logan's Run mm-hmm. and Barbarella. Okay. All kind of smooshed together with a few, well, with a load of extra ideas added into it. And I think you can see some of the themes. It's 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 all the same stuff. Robot, you know, robot, you know, car chases and um, yeah, yeah, all of this stuff. So <clears throat> I'd never seen t- THX, but I'd seen these sort of derivative things that were heavily inspired by it and mm-hmm. only exist because of it. Uh, so THX came before this. Yeah, this yeah, stuff. Yeah. So is this a computer game or, or no, a, no, a, a book-based role playing like Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, gotcha. Tabletop role playing yeah. game. Yep, yep. Similar um, style. <clears throat> um, and the artwork is by a lot of it. The, the old artwork, this artwork up here, mm-hmm. um, is by Jim Holloway. Are we see? Am I right there? Well, anyway, that's a classic picture. Yeah, that's another classic picture from the game, Jim mm-hmm. Holloway, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, you can see the, anyway, hilarious, hilarious. Yep. All right, so that was my only uh, kind of kind of indirect contact with it. All right, so story. I think there's a lot of um, stuff to talk about with the story and half of it, I think, is themes um, and half of it is, is kind of the narrative. So... Um, let's kind of move through the narrative and just sort of see see what comes up. But yeah, most of I think the the movie is about themes. Um, so where does it start? 
Um, it starts in a in a kind of a there's a there's a lot of kind of montage stuff going on. Yeah. There's lots of the story. Then the story is interspersed with kind of shots of abstract shots of a yep. piece of computer hardware yep. or a or a lizard. <laughs> or a lizard, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or just, and it, it's very sort of there it is Kubricky, with wings, yeah, even got with the, wings yeah. and antenna now. <laughs> yep. And you know what it reminded me of, and you know, this this might help, but might not, um, to understand what we mean by these <laughs> these shots. They don't really have any link to the shot that came before it. No, in a lot of instances, yeah, yeah, you've got some narrative little piece. Yeah, and we're used to seeing it because we see it when somebody learns particles they come up with an idea to show particles mm-hmm. and sometimes they try to bring a narrative to it but it's not an easy thing to do like mm-hmm. it's it's much much easier if you've got this big wide narrative you've got 400 shots and that's 322 mm-hmm. you know and and to put it in there and to know that it leads out of that shot and into this shot th- without any effort that looks great when you've got the 400 shots when you've got the whole film but but trying to work out an isolated single shot what i see is a young guy that is really excited about the tech film stock um lenses audio um composition Mm -hmm. and that's what i see i see a lot of experimentation going on and i think that's what got him recognized yeah, probably. Is that he's yeah, putting it's the this, visual style. He's putting he, this, yeah, yeah he's creating this visual yeah. style, but he's also experimenting with it as he's going as well, and it would later become his his style. It's got some very dramatic uh, cinematography in there. Yep. So he sticks the camera in some place, and the actor's just in the bottom corner, and then there's a bunch of action. Like this one, the actor's yeah. offset, you know, yeah. so there's a bunch of, bunch of that sort of stuff going on. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's very interspersed with um, yeah these sort of cutaways where you have a part of the story, pop, 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 and then you just have a little shot of one of the robo policemen walking with a child mm, down yeah. a corridor. Yeah, and then that goes on just for a few seconds, and then you're back to the story. Mm. So it's very. Um, <clears throat> Uh, disjointed in yeah. some ways, and sometimes it's a bit hard to tell. Did we? Did time just change there, yeah. or are we still in the same time frame as where we were before? So there's yeah. a lot of that sort of stuff going yeah. on. It's, it'd be like reading a paragraph, and then halfway through the third sentence of a paragraph, it just says, "Orange llamas don't mind because <laughs> their rice is brown." Yeah, that's true, but and it's like, oh. Fuck, what did I just read? And I've got to now check. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And that's what it felt like. It's what, sort of what, what when the robot doing? starts running into the walls and you feel yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why did we get shown that? Is that important? Uh, are we, you know, was it's he having feeling. A, they want to convey feelings. No, no, what, and I, what I think they're doing think about it so is much. that they're building up the law of the world. The okay. robots are breaking down and okay. they're not very good. And that's what that's trying to tell you. But yeah, like you say, it's like, I'm going to tell you a story about something and yeah. then I'm just going to randomly throw in a... Yeah. yeah Hit. Trivia fact: <laughs> Did you know that the robots don't work very well? Anyway, back yeah, yeah. to the movie. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, all right. So, Thex, THX is our hero, um, and he works in a factory with a thousand thousand other people. 
Um, it, it appears that these factories compete with each other. <laughs> and how, 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 how few accidents they can have. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I just it, uh, this paranoia role-playing game rings in my mind because this is exactly what the, the game was about. It was about this dark dystopian future where everybody gets killed and recycled and terminated and it's just this horrible mess. So anyway, yeah. Um, and what do the factory what do, what do the factories make? They make Robocop. Which is the guards slash police that govern them. Yes. Do they govern them or just... No, are they, yeah, the, yeah. they keep them calm and help them. Yeah. Yes, they keep them calm and help them. They okay. have soothing robotic voices and they have emotionless faces. And Thex is a, like a, a, an operator. Um, <clears throat> who does very delicate, important work. Behind a blast shield uh, yeah. because of the radiation, yeah? Because it would appear that these things are, you know, atomic-powered robots. Yeah. They have these deadly atomic batteries or something or other that are inside them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So there's a couple of things that we start getting introduced to. So we get introduced to Thex and um, two other people also appear in this opening kind of montage of work. Uh, and that is... Um, and we're going to have to invent names for him. And I think this is one of the failings of the movie that you can't have your no, hero yeah. called Thex. <laughs> well, the movie is named after him, so that's fine. But I have no idea what Blofeld's name is. In the... No. In Paranoia. Son. In Paranoia, they, they copied it, right? So you'd have this three-letter thing. But you'd always put a human name in front of it. Mm. So it'd be Mary Thex mm. or John Thex 4, right? And so you can call people John or whatever. So anyway, we've got Thex. Mm. Um, Sen. Sen. And the impossible to pronounce, and this is even worse, Sin, yeah. is... <laughs> for the girl who yeah. loves, right? It's L-U-H. All right. So, I don't know. And Who, who's married to? Who's the partner? Well, no, 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 no. Or are they just roommates? No, no, no. Just roommates. roommates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Mates for short, though. <coughs> they, they call them each other mates. Uh, They're just, yeah, meant to be housemates. Mate. All right, so what's her job and what's uh, Interesting, job? if I might digress for the, sorry, Dan, uh, the original yeah. film, they didn't have those names. They just had numbers. Okay. So he had 1138 and his roommate has 7117. And in the end, he escapes. Same. Did, did you see the student film? Uh, no, I've never been able to see the student film. It's no. about 15 minutes of agony of, of sound. 15 minutes of sound. <laughs> it's really just... It's the Imperial yeah. probe droid sound <laughs> yeah. the entire time through. It's just talking and, and him escaping and then he escapes to the surface and runs away in the sun. But... And gets a... Um, He's, at the end, when he escapes, there's this voiceover. It's constant, constant voiceover of people hunting him. But they tell his roommate, 7117, that 1138 has, has perished, has, has killed himself. They don't own up to the fact that he escaped. And that 7117 can now uh, put in an application for a new roommate. He should just, uh, you know, just do the normal paperwork, specify what gender, what gender you want. They don't say roommate. They just say mate. Your mate has escaped. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can now apply for a new mate. Please specify what gender you prefer. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was pretty pretty forthcoming. Mm. You know, are they roommates? Are they mates? Do yeah. is there a homosexual undertone in there? Yeah. No, hang on. First of all, it's it's a male female relationship in the house to start with. Not in the oh, student not in the, film. Oh, right, I'm talking sorry, about the sorry. student film. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. 
because um, as will happen later on, it ends up with a male-male relationship sort of in the in the house there. Um, I don't know. It's a dark dystopian future, right? So it's in the 25th century or something or other in the future. So, And society is uh, breaking down. We can't escape to talk about themes when we're talking about this. So um, society is breaking down. And I think that, you know, what they're sort of saying is that, you know, there's families. There's not families anymore. You don't have families anymore. Yeah. But you've still got this kind of vestige of the past where two people would live together in a house. Mm. And you still do that. But any other meaning that that has or had in in the past is not there anymore. They and don't it's, touch. And they it's don't frowned kiss. upon. They don't have sex. It's all frowned upon. It's all not only it's. I think the, it's illegal. It's illegal. Yeah. That's yes. right. The police, the robocops will get you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, um, Le is a surveillance person. Mm-hmm. So she's checking out cameras that are all about all about all about the place, and sends her boss. Right. And there are cameras in the medical cabinets of all of everybody's house. Mm-hmm. And are pre-filled with pills. And everybody's on pills, you know. And what do those pills do? They Sedation. Yes. Mind control, sedation. They qualify you. They, mm. they, yes. They're the reason. And this is one thing I haven't quite understood. Maybe you're getting to that. Uh, but he comes home mm. and puts on a porno hologram and starts masturbating. With the masturbation machine 2000. Yes. Which, again, wasn't in the original film. That's another later Lucas edition. He needed to make it clearer. So he's having wine one night and he's like, you know what? You have a great idea. Put a wang pump in there. <laughs> Love it. I didn't get this far without asking, without being able to ask my, my artist to model a wang pump. Yes, I've got a, I've got a job for you, Gary. <laughs> but, I mean, that's what I don't understand. Their feelings are are um, subdued. Yeah. They're not supposed to feel love. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to feel the desires, right? Mm. Yes. So what's with the masturbation? Well, maybe he got it right when he first left it out, you know. Well, the masturbation scene is in oh, there, was but in he's there. using his, the old-fashioned right. way. Well, the only thing I took from it was um, um, how the Beth. woman um, oh, hologram, which originally wasn't a hologram, um, wasn't floating his boat, so he had to swip, swap the channels to somebody getting beaten up. Yeah. Yeah. So I violence see, was... I see it all as like the vestige of the past. Mm. People used to watch television, and now this is what you do instead. It's yeah. not the same. It's yeah. kind of the same. You go home and you do something in front of a screen, and, and yeah, so it's a bit similar. So that, that happens in the next kind of story beat. Um, so maybe we should move there. Oh, there's one other thing that we learn about it, and that is that there is the the computer that's mm. kind of watching you all the time. Mm. Even when he's working, there's people in his ear saying, pick up the thing. No, no, put it down, put it down. But it's not a computer. There's no. <coughs> it's not like Logan's Run where a computer controls everything. It's just humans okay. in their society. The government. Yeah. 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 yeah the Which is made um, uh, comedic almost later when somebody's in training and uh, they're twiddling the knobs and stuff and the whole time the... THX is rolling around and doing weird stuff <laughs> yeah, on the yeah, ground. Yeah. And you can hear the guy sort of training some some other guy to, you know, keep it under 4.9 and all this sort of stuff. So, yeah, there's, um, there's definitely humans in the control room. 
And um, so it's all also about money and efficiency as well. And they keep saying, um, you know, coming over the, the public government radio that is blaring all the time, is that they talk about um, consumption is being standardised. So what's your takeaway for what consumption being standardised is? Well, even Jesus tells him to buy, doesn't yes. he? Go buy and be happy. And, you know, and, and even, yes, the... Um, the fake religion Jesus. Robo Jesus. Yeah, says, you know, be glad that you have a job and you can consume and buy. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, because this is important, because on his way home, he does some shopping. Mm. What does he buy? Yes, you can't remember. No. And this is a fucking important part of the story that's really cool, but you only see it on the fourth time. And that's why these sort of art movies kind of... Get in their own way. Suck a little bit yeah. because they... And it also might be because it's a student film that you don't... Anyway, he goes and buys a, a small red cube oh, from a, a shop that sells blue, yellow and red cubes. Mm. Not only did I not see the cube, but even now that you tell me that it's important, I still go. Yes. Where is it important? He carries it home yeah. when he's when he's walking down. Yes. Where is it important? <laughs> he carries it home. puts it in puts it in what is what looks like a microwave without a door, right? So puts it in this sort of black <coughs> hidey hole thing, and then it disappears. Right. And yes, fail. <laughs> Total fail on storytelling. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. It's, it's saying we're standardising consumption. And that means that the society is producing nothing. nothing. And then you go home yeah. as a religious kind of devotion to cons- to consumer capitalism. You purchase a pointless product. Yeah. You take it home and then you throw it in the bin. Yeah. Yeah. And then the bin man comes and collects all yeah. of those and then they recycle See, it. See, that is... As you said, that is actually important. Yeah, that is right. a very important yeah. part of the story, but it's so flooded with shots of geckos yeah. <laughs> yeah. that you that miss you, it. That you miss it. Yeah, yeah, I totally missed that. I hundred percent missed it. But the I only first watched the well. film once. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah. No, you could have taken anything from it. Like it could have been a, a battery cell to power the house. It could have been anything. There's no way of knowing what that black box that you just put that made it disappear. You have no idea what that. Meant. And they had to build it up as well. When he was watching telly at home, they had to have some of those monks come on and say, mm. "Consume," you know. And then they also had to have a corridor scene where two people are arguing, and one's well, not arguing because they're all sedated. But one saying, I like, I like the blue boxes. I think the blues are best. And the other one saying, no, no, no. I always buy yellows when I'm coming home. I always buy yellows. You know, and he just looks at those guys and walks past with his red box. And then he goes and puts it on the table when he gets home. And then you'd start to understand, well, this is all fucking pointless, you know. And that's what you were trying to, but yeah, yeah. totally missed that one. Yeah. All right. So then there was the consumption. Um, that's why the art films work, though, because those people that do get it, they have We're that in the feeling school. of superiority and exclusivity. Nobody else gets it. I get it. Yeah, and yeah. that's why it's such a genius film. Exclusivity also, is a yes. very powerful marketing Absolutely. tool. That's 100% true. Um, and remember, it, you, as you said, it was most popular in his own damn school. 
Mm. So no doubt he was down the calf saying, yeah, yeah. Oh, i got this red box idea. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, believe yeah. how cool this red And then Absolutely. when they see it, they see one shot of it, they go, oh, that's that red box. Absolutely. Talk about that in the cafeteria. That's, that's the artist that has the exhibition, right, where he stands in front of the piece and he's surrounded by a, a crowd of champagne sippers. Yes. And he tells you what he meant for, by it. And then all of a sudden they can then relate that in their own way to somebody, to a minion that doesn't know that. Yeah. Right? And then because they're, they're part of an exclusive club yeah. that understands what this piece is really meant to signify. Yeah, Instead yeah. of the th- art that we like, which is you look at it, you understand it, you take the point, <laughs> yeah. you move on. <laughs> yeah. you know. um, all right, so he goes home. Um, Doesn't talk to the missus. Yeah, yeah. So what's going on at home? There's lots of these kind of there's, – there's something going on. What, what's his missus up to when when he goes home and he's watching the telly? And he's, he also actually went into – on the way home, he goes into a confession booth mm. um, and he's got a bit of a concern that he's not feeling quite right. Yeah, and, and these is and, – and, <clears throat> and the wife's acting and the, the mate – is uh, acting a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. She's acting a bit weird. Um, and I think, yeah, so he's in that, that confession booth and, you know. And we also find out that he's, he's talking to this, like, religious figure mm. and he's and the religious figures are not really listening. No, it's just a recording. <laughs> right. He's saying, uh-huh. tell me more. <laughs> That's great. Yes. <laughs> and then it sort of wraps up. I understand. Yeah, it wraps up with a, you are part of the, you know, community <laughs> and you are the consumer. Go well. Yes. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So again, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Okay. So um, he goes home. He watches a bit of bit of telly. And so, what's his wife up to? His wife's up to something at home. Do we see it that early? Like, um, he, she's she's messing with his meds. Yeah, she's taking the pills. She's away. messing with his meds. She's trying to get him off the sedation. Yeah. But, yes. but we also find out. That he needs the sedation because the sedation is directly related to his ability to handle the nuclear batteries at his workplace. Well, we'll discuss that when we get to it. Mm-hmm. But there's different interpretations. Yeah, uh, but she she wants him uh, off the off the dumbed down pills because suddenly she is attractive. Mm. Once he's no longer taking the pills, she does things to his head. You know, suddenly she's yeah. she's in there mm. messing around, and he thinks about her. And- and I suggest that this was also handled badly in the movie because in the movie, you know, when you, especially if you're watching it the first time, she's going to the medicine cabinet, she gets out the pills, she puts the pills and then she puts in the pills and she opens up another box and takes the pills and puts the pills and hands the pills and you're thinking, okay, that's the pill procedure yeah. that we go through on the daily basis as part yeah. of the routine. She really had to take out the pills. She had to look... Much more shifty. She yeah. had to go to her pocket, and and instead of having the pills in a pill container, they had to be in a yeah. in a crumpled up piece of paper yeah. or underneath in her shoe or something or other, so that we knew that this was like yeah. not normal. You know, it was it was a trade trade federation uh, <laughs> yeah blockade tax embargo yeah yeah all right so she's swapping the pills so she's giving him um, essentially like placebos or something or other mm. so he's not getting his um, you know sedation levels mm. and he's starting to feel like a regular human and that's why he was sick in the in the confession booth and he mm. wasn't feeling quite right all right so um, what happens next um they um, essentially, you know, she says that she loves him, basically, and they're starting to feel that they're in love, right? Mm. And that love is also illegal. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they have a bit of a deep and meaningful, and that's what that that's where that 
bit you were talking about when they were they said, are, is everybody, are they watching us? Mm. They kind of are watching him, I, I suppose. Mm. Um, we're in the director's cut. They're definitely watching. Someone's watching them. I believe the person that was watching them was the boss, the... Uh, Sen. Sen. Yeah, it seemed to be Sen and maybe he's just a bit of a nosy Parker. Mm. Um, yeah, anyway, it, w- it was certainly him. All right, so... <clears throat> um, so Sen is definitely watching them, yeah, and he knows that their drugs are being reduced, yep. and that this is a crime, and that they're yep. having sex and falling in love and all of this type of stuff. So the next story beat is that it's kind of like the next day, and they go back to work, mm. and Lua, so that's, that's the girlfriend, she's getting, um, uh, she has to go and see her boss because she's getting a change in her work pattern or something or other. Um, and then we find out that um, after he gets back home from work, that Lua's been moved out of the flat. Yep. And it's Sen, um, who was the boss that she had to go and see. Yes, is now moving into the flat. Yeah. Is that what you took away from I, it? I took that from it. I took, I took that um, Sen had a thing for THX. and wanted to be his new mate. But he is—he's good with computers. He. He rewrites codes yeah, and yeah. he gets into systems. So is he even her boss or is he just has he put himself into that? He's position? just a nosy Parker who's just yeah. hanging around. Yeah. Does that he was never kind of really him? explained. Mm. I thought we thought we got a lot of good stuff about his character, about how he was a a wheeler and a dealer, but he's also part of the system, but he likes manipulating inside mm. the system and mm. organizing things. Now but, if we <clears throat> if we jump forward because she gets pregnant at some point. Yeah, well, no, no, we just had the that's, sex. That's coming well, up. Oh, hey. That's later. Oh, no. That's okay, later. okay, 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 yeah. okay. Yeah. So she tells THX when they're not roommates. When when he's in jail, isn't it? When she comes to him then? She comes to him when they're in the white jail the white, prison. The white jail prison, yeah. Later on. That's where that okay. is revealed. The white room. That's right. Um... All right, so he so he's now kind of lost his his girlfriend. Yeah. Um. He, he also so now THX finds out that Sen is manipulating things and changing people's work routines and moving people's houses around, mm-hmm. and then he THX reports Sen yeah. in the I know one of these which sort looks of like it's a he- boot, it's a boot. heavy part of this um this pro no uses a. Like a Bundy card. Yeah, yeah, a punch yeah, card punch kind of card. thing. It's a punch <clears throat> card thing. It's the 70s, man. Punch cards with And the- Lucas being Lucas, right? The original has a top-down view of him filling the card out. Mm-hmm. So Lucas put in, a, in the director's cut, a digital box thing with a camera on the bottom of it that sits above the thing that he was filling out the punch card. Mm-hmm. So it was he wouldn't let the audience just believe that somehow there was a camera up there that we didn't see, right? He had to put the thing oh, yeah, in yeah. the shot mm. and justify the camera angle in there. Which is odd because of his artistic, you know, his composition and the white spaces and the, the negative space. Exactly. And then he fills it in yeah. with same with this shot there. He fills it in with a with a machine. Yeah. yeah. 
the original composition gets destroyed. So that part of the it's a heavy part of their this society. Gold, yeah, this, this gold stuff as well is also a bit of a complaint that people were making that yeah. he's got all this kind of mm. very stark white stuff, and then in the director's cut, he starts putting color washes over it, which is now starting to dilute the yeah. theme yeah. of that yeah. sort of stark, yeah. colorless, yeah. Um, <clears throat> empty world. And in the original, the, the robots that he builds, he, like in the film that we saw, the director's cut, they are full robots mm. and they build on the head. But in the original film, that's all they had was yeah. a head. It's just a head. It's just a head there where they would, you know, ah, put right, screws right. inside. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So this dobbing other people in—that's a heavy part of this society, yeah. Yeah, and that's how they keep control. Yeah, it's a, and actually, you know, that's. Judge North Korea. <clears throat> yes. I was watching, oh, just a little tangent here, um, watching somebody who was talking about living in communist um, Romania, I think it was, or Germany. Germany, Latvia, or somewhere. Um, and he says, yeah, the secret police, they don't, the secret police didn't control everybody. It was your neighbour who mm-hmm. controlled you. And that if you did something, because... Everybody would get paid, you know. He's, you know, there would be free gifts for the best citizens, yeah. and the best citizens would be the ones peeking over the fence, yeah. looking between the curtains, saying, "I think he was watching American TV." Dobby, mate, so yeah, get some yeah. extra extra onions. <laughs> yeah, yes, extra onion for you, good citizen. <laughs> you know, and that's what kept people under control. Yeah, and it really cashes in on uh, on that voyeuristic, um, you know, condition that humans have. Mm. Um, it play and it pay, pays to the curiosity as well. Mm. You know, the, you've got to have a look. All right. So our next story beat is um, Thex is back at work. Yep. And we're going to have a um, OHNS situation. Situation. Because <laughs> he's right. off his meds and he doesn't know he's off his meds. <laughs> so he's off his meds <laughs> and he's trying to do this delicate work. Yeah. Um, now and then there's. <laughs> One of the most, one of the most ridiculous uh, control room decisions of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. While he's got the nuclear yeah. battery yeah. in, in the tweezers, yeah, someone yeah. decided to shut his brain down. Yeah, turn his brain off. <laughs> <laughs> Reboot him. Yes, that was, that was a big mistake. So, <laughs> so he saved the day, though. He saved everybody's lives. When well, they, they turned him back they on. Before turn him back on. Yeah, they turned him back on. So he's, yeah. he's working away. They're monitoring his stress levels or something or other, and yeah. Uh, and yeah, they 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 turn him off. Um, which uh, ends up, which results in him being taken away. Yes. So um, he then has to go to essentially court. Uh, yep. Right. Um, and that's kind of where we see a little bit more about the world because we've only seen there, there appears to be sort of higher level judges, mm, probably on less meds, possibly on less meds. We were talking. I also remember from one of the news stories he was talking about like elected officials or officials being um, let go or going back to. So there's a sort of a strata in the society, um, and. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he gets um, goes to a court case, and it seems that there's a prosecutor and a defender. Mm-hmm. And what's the prosecutor and defender's case? Um, the prosecutor is uh, wants death, wants termination. And what's the charge? Bonking and not taking your drugs. Uh-huh. Yep. I can't remember. Because yeah. The, am I right in thinking that that whole conversation was over the top of one another? Like they were literally yeah, and just co- talking over the – like one was 
talking. The other one was talking straight over the top. Yeah, it was kind of in that sort of well, montage sort Cern of... Well, was a, also there. It was getting his sentence as well, wasn't he? Was mm. For being... He was dubbed in and... Oh, because he dubbed him in. Yeah. That's right. He dubbed him in earlier. I don't think Sen was there. I couldn't yeah. remember. Well, I can't remember Sen was there. No, turns I think up, he just turned up, turned up when he, turns when, up later. When he goes into... Is it a prison or... Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll talk about that when we get there because that's okay. going to get... That's where things are going to get okay. weird. Okay, so what, tell, t- what was the... Um, so the charge was that he wasn't taking his meds and that he was having illegal sex activities. Um, and the defence was, don't kill him because that's inefficient. Mm. You know, it's a waste of resources. Yeah. So... Dead people can't purchase. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> the next story beat I've got here is, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Uh, so... <laughs> So they take him to a sort of a medical horror room and they torment him by sticking tubes up his nose and, you know, things in his ears and um, and all of that sort of stuff. And then they have that scene where he's connected up with all of these wires and then there's two, I don't know, two interns trying to operate some machinery that makes him go bananas <laughs> and, like, scream and yell. With a, like a... Cut, like a graphic overlay over the top and you can see these little numbers moving up and down. And yeah, yeah. They're saying, does this one go to 11? Yeah. Yes, this one goes to 11. Well, and, try this one. Try the whole time in the background, Robert Duvall's like <laughs> jerking around <laughs> yeah, on, the, yeah, on yeah. the floor in some white room. Yeah, yeah. Going bananas, some sort of, yeah, electrical torment and, and all of that stuff. And then <clears throat> the next story beat is that he ends up in prison. Mm. Now, it is a prison or a, or a nut house? Well, uh, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I got a little... the sense it was a nut house. Uh, but then it's hard to know because yeah. they're always they're all work, walking around in white already and they're in a big white void. Probably one of the same. Yeah, it's sort it of is probably one in, the, one in the same because remember we're talking about this sort of dystopian future where mm. everybody's under mind-controlled drugs and yeah, so yeah. everybody's just these sort of zombies. So mm. anybody who's got any yeah. flair at all ends up in one of these places as a yeah. crazy person. Yeah. So they're in a big – so it's, they're in a prison – um, he gets put in the prison by himself is where it starts off. Mm-hmm. And the prison is just a big, white, empty void that goes on apparently for infinity. Yeah. Now, what the actual fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> on an overcrowded, overpopulated, very dense city. Exactly. Yes. Well, when you step on the road, which they do later when they get out again, yeah. there's people shoulder on shoulder, elbow to elbow. Yeah. And that's because they have to have room for all these prisoners in these two square kilometer cells. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you didn't know from one minute to the next um, in those big white voids whether the whole thing is real. Whether, yes. You know, is this manufactured? Are they, are they creating this in his mind? And when it's not clearly defined, then that doesn't work. Like, no, it doesn't work. I need to know, is that a mechanism? You know, you got to... And if you come out the other end of it and you don't explain it, then the only thing I can be left with is someone had to create a 40-kilometre white void because they run across this thing and it takes... Yeah, and it takes you know, like... The, forever. They take food so that they can yeah. <laughs> go from one place to wherever in this yeah. gigantic void. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. It's like... It's like, you know, if you had a Star Wars, you know, Star Wars, pick some other movie, you know, and then halfway through, you know, a talking duck just arrives and, you know, it's just this normal thing about relationships and shopping and stuff and then the talking duck and you're like, what? Talking duck? Yeah. If they had to put the talking duck at the start, you would have been like, oh, okay, talking duck. Cool. That's cool. But now, yeah. Mm. So they don't explain it and they could have explained it. 
they could have just had him in a cell yeah. going bananas with his head stuck with electrodes and he pumped up on drugs. Yeah. And then we go back to well, the, the whole wide time, expanse. The whole time we've got overlay of audio and, and people are um, in control <coughs> rooms making statements and comments and they're usually nondescript shit. Like it's, it's usually stuff that, you know, is not pertinent to what's going on but they could have easily put melded a little bit of that in there you just know, to, just to throw it in yeah like yeah. it helped the audience through the process and that's comes back to that art thing again and again yeah if one. it's obvious it's not art you know what yeah, i mean like yeah. it has to be you've got to go searching you've got to find the meaning in it yeah and you only know the meaning because you hung out with george lucas in the cafeteria at the exactly university right. where he made it and he told exactly you before right. the premiere like the boxes when you were in the like thing. the colored boxes yeah like i would never have until you mentioned it i had no, no. idea what was going on other than confusion in yeah. my mind <laughs> All right, so this is the um, this is uh, what I've called here story beat number one. This is white prison number one um, because he's in this big white void that we can't explain as as an audience, and then something even weirder turns up. His girlfriend turns up. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Visiting time, I guess, <laughs> because that happened. Yeah, you know, it's like. And it, yeah, it to me, it doesn't make so much sense in the narrative. He's just been punished and he's put in jail. Okay, so it's a jail, a big, wide, empty jail. And then, what, he gets conjugal rights and... Yeah. Uh, and turns up just but enough. But he can't be getting conjugal rights because it's illegal to have sex That's in right. that thing. That's right. And, I, I thought it was and just visiting they don't have rights at all anyway. Like, there's no rights. No. <laughs> so anyway, his girlfriend turns up and they they have sex. Yeah. And she tells him he's, she's pregnant. Yep. And then the cops turn up and beat the shit out of him. And beat him up, yep. yep. All right. So that just happened. A bit of torture went on earlier. Like when he first got in there, there was there was a lot of poking him with That was the with interns with big the... Sticks. No, no, the big stick pokey. There was, oh, yeah. There and then been a bit ran of him around in circles and stuff. So there was a bit of torture early on. Okay, so after that, we then, he then goes into... We go into the prison story beat number two. Yeah. And that's where he's in the big white void, except he's not alone anymore. That's right, he's There's in. a couple of couches, and there's a few other lunatics in there with him. Yeah. Including Sen. Yeah. And so they have a bit of a discussion about things, and we see a few people being crazy. Yeah. Um, I kind of... I liked Sen. One of the, I, I thought he was one of the better characters in there. He, he was good. He reminds me of... Um, um. Oh, shit. Reminds me of something that I can't remember. I got the sense Sen wasn't medicated. Like, he wasn't a drone sort of worker. You know what I mean? He reminds me of the guy. Yes, I don't know. That's actually a bit of a weird thing. You know, he did seem a lot more animated than the other people. And, yeah, and a, lot a lot of sprightly the... Um, and a lot of the... Um, backstory and um, who's who and who's where and I was behind this and I did that and whatever like he was it was all coming from him it wasn't the Robert Duvall character just really didn't add a lot of understanding he, he, he was just constantly confused. Yeah, and I'd kind of like to have seen uh, Sen as the main character who was in the society and he was a wheeler and dealer, but he was not really a rebel exactly, but he was yeah. a bit of a quirky character who was trying to mm. carve a bit of a niche for himself. What he reminded me of was um, War of the Worlds. Remember the guy, and I 
don't know his name, the guy in War of the Worlds, who's going to rebuild society. The artillery, artilleryman. The artilleryman, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And he's going to dig a thing under the ground, and there's going to be trains under the ground, and they're going to play cricket, you know, and you know, and he paints this giant picture of this beautiful utopia, but it's just like him and a shovel, and it's like he got no hope. Yeah, 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 he got no hope, buddy. So yeah, that's how, that's how I saw uh, Sen. All right, so they decide. Oh, stupid updates. Every time I come here, updates. <laughs> um, they decide that they're going to escape. <laughs> and how do we, how do you escape from a prison void that's a big empty void? You just run. Apparently, <laughs> you pick a direction. You, you, you just go out the door. Go, <laughs> point point it, point your nose and run. Yeah. So they take some food with them, yep. and then they walk. Yeah. And they, I don't know. Time passes, and they walk, and they walk, and they walk, and they walk, uh, and they don't find anything until they find another dude. And this is where weird just. Gets strange. Weird goes up to 11, doesn't it? Because in his opening statement, he declares he's a hologram. Yes. So they met a new guy, and his name is Sert. 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 And um, SRT. Yep. And, yeah, he's a, he declares that he's a hologram. Well, yeah. somebody's a baker, somebody else is a quantity surveyor, and he's a hologram. <laughs> That's his job. His job is being a hologram. But so, he actually says... and uh, so. Well, you say, I'm a teacher. Yeah, yeah. I... Imagine, in my best interpretation of what this story could slash should be, is that he's actually an actor. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. On telly. Well, telly's not telly anymore. It's a holographic thing. And so when you say, oh, I'm a hologram, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a TV program. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I work on the te- telly. Like there was the dancing the chick and then there was the, the guy beating up the other guy. That They were holograms as well, but probably actors... Oh, the beating up was staged? No. Well, it was real violence. I don't know. It could have been the news. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of it at the moment, but I think I vaguely remember that there was some later statement that he said that might have meant that he was actually a hologram. It, it, that's how it comes across. He keeps yeah. just saying, I am a hologram, I, and he is the hologram. Like he's made out that, of light, and he's actually a... I got that impression yeah, as well. But I, I interpreted it in my mind that that just means he's talking about his job. Yes, yeah, so I was doing that paint over as well to yeah. just like... Just shut it out. No, 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 no. It's just... <laughs> <Yes>. Someone... <laughs> and, I'll be making sense of this movie. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Someone and I, and I, I presume it, it may actually be Lucas that took credit for the fact that Lucas, in at that point in time, there were no such thing as things as TV channels that were dedicated to one thing. Okay. Whereas Lucas had he, he had created a violence channel, oh, okay. a sex right. channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody credited him with, like, he was the first person to... He prophesized this. Okay. (laughs) That's why I think it was Lucas. I can't prove that, but... All right. And then they escape from the empty void by finding a black dot, and it turns out that's the way out. Yes, that's right. (laughs) That's after... They've walked for days in a certain direction. They meet a guy. The guy says, no, the way out is that way and points back where they came. And they turn around. And they turn around and he said, look, just look. And the black dot thing. They must that, have looked harder. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they walked past the black dot. Maybe the escape was in their hearts or and, something. And what, is, or and what does the black know. dot lead to? It leads to a cupboard. A door. <laughs> a, a cupboard door. It's like the white line, the witch in the wardrobe or something. Rather, yeah, leads to a cupboard, and that leads to the busiest part of the shopping mall that there is. Yeah, with yeah. thousands of people all moving 
compressed up corridors and things like that. Yeah. And they actually go out into that and uh, Sen gets lost. Yes. So they get out of there and I'd like to add Sen gets lost for no reason at all. Yeah. Yeah. He just finds himself lonely sitting on a bench at some point. So let's... It's all interspersed, right? But let's take Sen's story. Yeah. He goes out with those other two guys. But he's he gets little, little little boys, and he wants to get close to the little boys. <laughs> That's what I took away from it. Yeah, I took that away from it, and it's one of the reasons why he was uh, maybe maybe that's why he was in the prison. Donald Pleasance is just bloody awesome as yeah. being creepy. He's, he's <laughs> creep Be- actor creepy eleven guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For me, he was the standout character and actor in the. In oh the yeah, whole thing. for sure, too. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he. Gets separated from the other people, from the other two, from our heroes. He then catches a train, a tram, to the last stop on the tram tram yep. line. Yeah. Then he gets out of the tram. Yeah. And then he keeps walking north. And now he's in, there's nobody around. There's a dark corridor. Yeah. And then he sees there's water dripping and it's like nobody's been cleaning the place and it's not maintained and yeah. there's arcing electricity. And he just keeps walking. And it seems like he's also, he's still trying to escape. Mm. Oh, we forgot to mention that everybody's under a dome and that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to escape out of this dome. Right? Yeah, I didn't, I missed the dome. It's underground. The whole society is underground. <coughs> that was way back. Again, you, of course you missed it. And we even missed it in describing because it's such a tiny point is that when they were back in their home and the, and Luch was yeah. there and she was saying, you know, um, oh, I love you and all of this stuff. And if you go back on your meds, you might forget that you love me. Right. And then she says, let's escape out of the dome. Out of the dome. Okay. And that's kind yeah. of, yeah, only mentioned once. So anyway... Sen appears to be still on that mission. Yep. But we're now on a separate story without our hero. And he walks and he walks and it's getting muddy and drippy and this is where he sees the CGI scorpion on the ground and then he turns around and he walks back. Yeah. Well, he he, he runs back to get it back on the train before it takes off because the train... The, the the message that came over the speakers on the train was this is the last stop. We will then return to the back where you came from. Back to where they came from. And he wanted to I took that as he he didn't want to miss his opportunity to go back where he came from. And that's I think what he said. He says, you know, I can still be good and I can still work within the system and I can So this is a bit weird. This is a bit weird. It's like, you know, going off on this story tangent and then it's like um, yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he caused it all, like a lot of it. Yes, granted, she was playing with the meds for, for THX, but a lot of the trouble was caused by him. I think he can play the system, though. He mm. can uh, He can probably have more, mm. more of a fulfilled life going back and keep playing the system yeah. and putting himself into different jobs yeah. because he doesn't have... And that's why, really, really he has to be the main character because yeah. he's the one that comes to the... Re- Just before we build on that, there's a couple of other things that he does is that he goes into the TV studio temple mm. and he meets the image of God. Yes. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah right. The monks. And, and, and with the monk, clobbers the monk. Yeah, and he clobbers the monk. So if you add that into the theme, he goes all the way down the end of the line, and he finds God at the end of the line, and yeah. then he kicks God's ass. Yeah, yeah. 
And then the next bit that happens is that he then goes and finds the the children. You think you're doing what many people do is attributing more more underlying <laughs> yeah, yeah. story into a Lucas yeah. George Lucas film that he and he ever anticipated. I'm doing my best for you, George. Is what I'm I'm thinking. Trade blockades. Yeah, yeah. I'll just keep yeah. throwing it out there until you re- recognize that sometimes he departs common sense and. Yes, but, uh, I think yes, he kind of did because that all of that stuff, and then he finds the kids, and he talks to some kids, and the kids are just getting all drugged up for their first drug-induced, you know, whatever it is to get them all sedated. That's lessons. They're taking lessons. That's right. Yes, they're taking lessons. They've got economics in a bottle that's going into that's their right. arms or yep. something or other, and um, and then he gets arrested by the cops. So that's the end of Sen, and you know, I like I was saying with the, before, I thought he had the the better story arc because he was the guy that seemed to be able to b- have the revelation that this is all bullshit. You yeah. know, it like you know, you fools, you blew it all up. You know, this is this is all craziness. <laughs> you knew he was up to no good, but he did have a greater understanding of what was going on. So that's his kind of storyline. So now we've we're uh, down to. Um, Thex and Cert. <laughs> so <clears throat> they um, have been now separated by Sen. Sen goes off on his little sort of dead end adventure. Mm. And then Thex and Cert go off on a bit of a run, and they yeah. find little different places inside of the inside of the big you know place that they live. They find a computer room, and they find the morgue where all the dead bodies go. And and I think they even find doesn't Cert at some point look for. Uh, um, La. La. Yeah, yeah. La. Yes. And then finds her, finds a test tube baby inside a bottle. With her name on it. With her, her name, name on it. it. Yeah. So she's either being reconstituted or she's been killed and her I name is you, being What reused. did you take it from that? I, I have no idea. I I, either she was that. born again no. or they'd taken the baby they'd and renamed baby. it to. That's what I, I took. Proficiency. She was, she was dissolved and, and killed off and then they took the baby and. Yeah. Put the new label on because the label had just become available. Yeah, because it's, like, it's like Red Five. Yeah, yeah. My thought was she was being cloned. She'd been the original had been killed, or the clone twelve had been killed. And they're making clone making thirteen. A new one. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because at the same time, I remember I didn't get much of a sense that he was to like the, whether it was an action acting decision or it was in the script. But there didn't seem to be a lot of reaction from him when he found out that that's the missus in the bottle. Yeah, that's another thing. Whether yeah, he was, was confused, didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, yeah. Our hero's motivations, because that is another point. You know, did he deeply love her? What was what was causing him to yeah. act? Yeah. You know, because you normally you put that into a into a script of any description that male finds out girlfriend is now that fetus in that bottle over there. You expect something. You know, like normal writers and directors use that moment to show you something about the character, you know, to either progress it forward, move it left, right, whatever. And there was nothing. There was nothing there. Mm -hmm. He was already... When was the decision for them, like... It was Whose decision was it to run originally from the... It was hers. Well, she mentioned it. No, I mean, back in the the prison... Sen, uh, Sens. Okay. So well, Sen, it's a bit hard. They, Sen, they kind of both arrived at the decision. He, Robert Duvall's character is passive for the entire film. He yeah, just yeah. walks along. She takes him off his meds and he develops a feeling and yeah. then yeah. they have the sex. But yeah. he is he's just about putting batteries into robots and masturbating when he gets mm, home. Yeah. yeah. 
a, a perhaps an improved story idea would have been a sort of an apotheosis, you know, where the where the guy dies, but you you do it in a his love dies. So he's on drugs, yep. doesn't love the girlfriend, stops yep. taking drugs, falls in love with the girlfriend. Yep. The state finds out and they say, well, you've got to go back on your drugs. And the yep. girlfriend says, well, you won't love me more anymore if you go back on your drugs. So they pump him up with the drugs. Mm. And while he's strapped to the chair with all of the drugs, he somehow fights inside of himself to still remember that he still loves his girlfriend and yep. that's his overcoming the yep. the thing. And so even though he's on the drugs, he's still... But anyway, yeah, we kind of didn't get, get that type of That's a bit of, of a problem I had with the end of the film because he escapes, right, into the world. Yeah. But all throughout the entire film I've learned that he's pretty useless guy. I mean, he's yeah. just, he's not, oh, the, he's he's not a hero. Yeah. He's not going to go out there and start a new society <laughs> yeah. and bring the world to the light. No. As we've said, you know, in, you know, the 12, um, you know, the journey of the hero, he has to do something for us. Otherwise he's not a hero. Yeah, he's yeah. a villain. If yeah. he's doing stuff for just himself, yeah. you know, anyway, so bringing the story to a conclusion, um, our buddy Sirt <laughs> seems to be pretty incapable. <laughs> the shortest car chase ever. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Hilarious. I was watching it and I thought to myself, um, and what we're talking about is that, that he, he he desperately tried to start this car. Like they both got in a car each, right? And firstly, our instead heroes- of getting in the same car, which might might have been easier, um, uh, they got in a car each, and and uh, Thick starts it up and drives off, and then <laughs> for about five minutes, um, Sirt, uh, who was so big, he's a massive man. <laughs> like he, he squeezed into this he car. He really struggled to get into this yeah. car. We finally get in. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know, so he's pushing everything. For, and in the mean, meantime, the, the the police drones robots are marching towards him down the corridor, meandering. And, I think. Yeah, yeah. And word? he finally starts the thing up, floors it. <laughs> Three and a half meters into a post, <laughs> and, and totals it. Just totals it. And I remember thinking, I wonder whether that was an accident, and they just put it in there because they didn't have any other cars to use. It's a take, I guess, because it was it was so bizarre. Like it was yeah. really, really bizarre. Yeah, but appreciated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it. It was one of those offbeat kind of random things that you don't expect. <laughs> Yeah. But the other the other strange thing about it, and this is again a bit of a slight against our hero, our hero Thex says, you know, I oh, look two race cars. Yeah. I jumps in mine. Boom, gone, <laughs> gone. Like but, <laughs> <laughs> the other guy didn't know how to start it. Yeah, yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe he wasn't the hero. He might have been the villain the whole time. So to bring it to a conclusion, there's a bit of a car chase and yep. some excitement and then... And a stunt. Like that stunt has got to go down as one of the all-time greatest <laughs> motorbike yeah. stunts. That looks fantastic. It wasn't a ragdoll. It was a real guy. And famously, um, he it, it, it looks so real and so um, dangerous and, and even his minders and handlers and the fellow stuntmen and everybody... Thought he was dead, so they mm. ran on to the. You think you watch the film, you yeah, think that guy's yeah. dead, and you they all run on, on there only to find that he's barking, screaming at him, saying, "You've probably ruined the shot," because <laughs> they ran on. But he walked away; he didn't have a problem at all. Yeah. yeah, it was a real stunt. He literally hit painting scaffold at full pace on a motorbike, flipped over the handlebars, rolled at about eighty kilometers an hour into a wall, ricocheted off the wall into a parked car, mm. and then the motorcycle landed on him, and then the motorcycle slid into him. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Crazy. Yes, and he walked away. And I'm sure he said, anyway, just make sure you get these shots and don't da 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 I'm going to go to my trailer. Oh! Love it. Um, 
And then and then we had this weird. Um, so obviously the car's buggered. So he's running down the tunnel now. He's to, to try to escape. And we see this sequence where he's walking up a ladder, up this massive, mm-hmm. you know, big tall stack. Um, and I remember looking at it thinking, and when you spend enough time around animation, you start to notice things. And I remember looking at this guy going, that's the weirdest ladder climbing movement <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. And sure enough, in the trivia notes I learnt today, that was all lying down. That was yeah. rebar on the floor and he was doing yeah, this it, crawling it thing. Also, this supposedly vertical column that he climbs up actually has a curve to it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which is odd as well. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah. during the entire police chase, we keep cutting back to the control room with mm. his offers and you can slowly hear how the costs yeah. go up and they keep referring to, oh yeah, we'll, 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 that's we'll right. do this. It's still within within our budget. That's right. So it's still about the, the chase has to be efficient. And if it's been, they get to a point where they've spent too much money and so they recall the cops. They recall the cops. They're, they're basically climbing up after the ladder after him when yeah. they get the call that, yeah. oh, you've just gone 6% over budget. You have to go back. And yeah. the, the cops, yeah. diligent as they are. Within meters. They've got to give one last ditch effort <laughs> saying, we have to go back mm-hmm. now. <laughs> Please <laughs> give yourself up. Please this come is the back last to last chance. <laughs> <laughs> we we would like to take you with you, though, sir. Well, we only want your best. And you know, he says no. Nah. Yeah. Um, now, now he climbs out the top, and we get the Francis Ford Coppola effect, shall we call it? The long lens. Well, it's a long lens. It's a sun on the sunset. horizon. Sunset on the horizon, and a silhouetted something, which is him. Yep. Sort of standing and before it, pretty much just standing. Um, in the sun mm. so you see the flat horizon you see the sun right on the horizon and then the silhouette of him and that's the shot from Apocalypse Now it's the shot from um, Star Wars you know where he's got the two suns and um, and it is almost the American zoetrope um, signature piece and then credits mm. I'd like to add here that this isn't where the movie ends, it's where the movie stops. Yeah. <laughs> There's a very big difference. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you bang on the money. And this has been a, big, a bit of a complaint that we've noticed through a lot of these movies, that they sort of... Yep. Nothing. Nothing. We see, we see, the, um, we see the ending, but we don't see the result. Yes. And I don't know whether we could see the result. Because what would that result be? I'm convinced he was dead in four or five days. There's more monkeys. <laughs> he, he was already attacked by monkeys in the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. There must be more of those, aren't there? Absolutely. After death. He was yeah. dead. Um, what it was a good example, what it was a good opportunity for, though, is to see a sunset actually in real time. Because the movie didn't freeze. When the credits started rolling on the right-hand side, yeah, right. it kept the thing going. And mm. you can see the sun actually yeah. coming down. It's a nice shot. It's an incredible shot. It took them a while to get. They were down at the beach for several days. Trying to get that one shot. Yeah, yeah. It was good. Then the uh, the other thing, of course, is that the bad guys give up. Which just, it's just like <laughs> deflates all of the tension out of it. You know, yeah. it's like chasing, smashing through things, crashing motorcycle. <laughs> oh, no, I love that. That was good because that shows what that you know, your six percent of a budget, five percent would have been good, but now you're almost. No, you can't greet, grab him anymore. You're within two <laughs> meters away from him. You can't grab him. You've got to turn back now because budget. Okay. That, that says something about that world, so I like that. Okay, so perhaps from a narrative perspective, but from a tension perspective, <laughs> it's like, ah, excitement, excitement. It's like, ah, yeah. 
So, uh, yeah. How did you? Uh, how did you feel at that moment? Like when the when when the credits started rolling, when the film finished there. Where was your head? Where was your headspace? My headspace was: I've done my due diligence. I've sat through it, (laughs) and that's how I felt as well. I felt like um, if I didn't have an alternative, ulterior motive for watching this film, I would have been angry. Mm. I really would have been angry, you know, because there's hype, there's history, uh, there's a connection to something that I've got a personal connection to, which is the Star Wars universe and and the Indiana Jones and a lot of other stuff that came out of Lugas. I see, and I said this to Tom the other day, I can see why they gave him American graffiti off the back of this film. I get it. Mm. Like, he's a craftsman. Um, There's beautiful shots. He's a technical craftsman. Fantastic compositions. And I think a lot of that composition stuff, and this is where we have to give credit where it's due, he shot this film with Francis Ford Coppola there. Mm-hmm. He was the d- producer of this film, right? Mm. And a lot of the photos that I went through today had Fort Coppola looking down the barrel of the mm. of the camera. Um, and it, Lucas is an editor. That's his bread and butter. Um, he's an editor that also learnt, you know, lighting and cameras and whatever, but and, and direction and narrative and all this other stuff. But his technical trade is, is an editor. Mm. His wife was one of the editors on the original Star Wars. Mm. Um, and... I have to, I look at this and I say, well, how much of that experimentation was Lucas and how much was Coppola who had already sort of, he was sort of playing both fields, Coppola at the time. He was doing the experiment stuff, you know, through his own production house, but he was also doing um, studio movies. He was still making studio movies because that's how he started his production house Mm. was with studio movie money Um, and I think it was through vicariously through Lucas he was able to do some of this experimentation and get a bit wild with it Lucas took it and well run with it later on technical portfolio a training piece yeah you know a training exercise yeah yeah I don't know what I think you're describing you turn everything down and put on a 90 minute soundtrack of classical music Electronica, Psytrance, whatever you want to do and watch it that way, Mm. I reckon it'd be a different experience. Mm. If I didn't have to try to make sense of it, Mm. I reckon it'd be a pretty stunning thing to watch. It's got some great thing, like this sort of stuff, the the silver-faced robot, featureless-faced robots, the, um, you know, the leather, the the motorbike boots and, you know, just just the look of it. Mm. The big white voids and all that sort of stuff. To me, it felt like a music video. I think um, <clears throat> the thing that I took away from it, I suppose, is the the themes. The again, that dystopian future, the Big Brother, the um, sort of culture gone crazy. But that's not Lucas's idea. The the script comes from Mr. Munch. Yeah. Munch. yeah. That's this is not so. When this so when he did the student <clears throat> film, he was just looking for a project to do as his graduation project, and some the the other scriptwriter on the on the f- film was a study mate yeah. at, at USC and so Lucas re- read their script and said oh you're not are you, are you doing that no no we're doing something else uh oh do you mind if I take mm. it I've got some great ideas because he wanted to, he has the vision Lucas has the visual he yeah. wants to get the look and so he was not a he's not a scriptwriter. he's not the ideas man so and when, when you see the student film it is it is 15 minutes of Hard to watch. Hard to watch sound, and it, uh, it, it, yeah, doesn't doesn't make any sense. Mm. 
just running through car, uh, concrete car parks. And it's just running through places, and mainly it's just the voiceover of people uh, saying things, yeah. and cutting in between between yeah, yeah stuff. Mm. So, yeah. So, um, all right, I haven't got much on budget, but I can sort of guess. Seven hundred thousand. Yeah, seven hundred seventy-seven thousand seven hundred seventy-seven and seventy-seven cents. <laughs> At some point, when they were planning to shoot it in Japan. Oh, really? And they went over to Japan because they wanted to have this, the feel of the the Japanese films that will just do what they want to do without yeah. giving you a reason. They yeah. just do the art, and they don't have to give you a backstory, and uh, the scenery. And he, they got the permits. It was very hard to get permits to shoot stuff, but they got the, they got a budget, and the budget at that time was yeah seven hundred seventy-seven thousand seven 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 seven. But then they didn't have enough money to get actually the crew over there to, <laughs> to actually film the thing. There's great and then production he rewrote, going on there. He rewrote the script. We spent seven hundred grand getting to Japan and back. <laughs> he, what I loved about the thing was the I was amazed at the locations. At, yeah, at, yeah, you know, I think either so they too. had a fantastic budget or they yeah. found some fantastic locations to yeah. film. And it was the latter. At the mm. time I did, when I watched it, I didn't that know. That oval-shaped sort of building with the walkways and the it looked almost like a shopping mall. There was a shopping mall. There was a nuclear yeah. nuclear um, power plant that they filmed in. There was, a, you know, there was a tunnel, subways, tunnels, sub, that big, un, yeah, unfinished tunnels yeah. being built or something. Yeah. And he rewrote <clears> the script <throat> when they rewrote... Walter Mosch, he's the, he's the actual original yep. script writer. So... Um, he rewrote Lucas rewrote the script when he realized that he couldn't do it in Japan mm-hmm. and then he got went and found, found the locations around San Francisco and then made the script fit the locations okay and watching the film not knowing that I just I was just generally amazed at all the aesthetics of mm. the of the places that they filmed it I, I agree you know like aesthetically and technically it looked stunning yeah. it, it was just the it was the art side of it that I think got in the road of it Mm. And I see that we, we, we come across that quite often, you know, in what we do because we brush up against art a lot. Art and capital And art. the fact that he won, you know, he became came to Fort Coppola's uh, attention because he won all these student prizes. Yeah. It's a student film, right? Yeah, yeah. And we have students. We know what students produce. So he doesn't necessarily have to be a fantastic filmmaker. He just has to be better than the other students. That's right. It's relative to what's going on around you. Yeah. Um, it grossed domestically uh, $2,400,000. Um, nothing listed for, for worldwide uh, gross. And so adjuster, if I put in my adjuster for 1971, that means it grossed Two million four hundred and thirty-seven. It's no change whatsoever. <laughs> for some reason. Oh no, hang on. Yeah, no. Um, so that that figure. Hang on, I went the wrong way. So in twenty seventeen dollars, thirteen million. Is the income or the budget? That's what it grossed. Wow. It grossed thirteen million. That's not much. That's not much at all. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's really not much. But yeah. I mean, you go, you see that film in, what, when was it, 71? 71. You go out the movies, do you recommend to your mates to go see it? No. Yeah. No. But, you know, there's a lot of creative, artistic types running around the west coast of USA. That's probably, and, and I think that's where this film really resides. It's a, it's a historical document of the early musings of, a, of a somebody that became one of the most prolific filmmakers of of our lifetime mm. 
um, but it in no way it keeps up with those films that you know yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a, uh, yeah, an it's advanced tech film. demo student film, I think. He likes to stick pretty close. This is actually quite a departure from um, from his comfort zone. Lucas likes to stick very closely to the things that he knows a lot about, right? So he gets, some, he gets a movie off the back of this called American Graffiti. Now, American Graffiti is quite literally people driving up and down a street in Modesto, California, where he grew up. Mm-hmm. So he's filming it in the place he grew up. He's filming people doing exactly what he did when mm. he grew up, which mm. is drive up and down in Chevys and mm-hmm. chop tops and things <clears> like that and the main street on a Friday or Saturday night in Modesto, California, and all of the little conversations that people have in the back, in the cars and outside the cars and at the diners and at the whatever. Um, he, he then rolls out of that and goes and does Star Wars, which is literally a, Kira, a Kurosawa sort of remake of a Buck Rogers did you guys see the Buck? What was the Buck Rogers thing at the start of the film? Was that meant to be there? That's right. Yeah, Don't know why that was. There. That was it that. meant to be there? Because it was like a trailer for Buck Rogers in the thirties. Yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that didn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I have to find out if that was. Is that part of the film? Is that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Lucas t- tends to stick with the themes and even going to Japan. Like his once again, that's his. He has this fascination with Japan. The only thing in this film where he it's sticking to something that he seems to have a fascination with is uh, little people. He loves to put <laughs> little wee men in in his film. Well, he's the guy with the only guy who has hair is actually yeah. showing up in the film. Oh, that's true. That's right. There's yeah. one guy who's had, who's got hair who was from. Well, was he fused from the outside? Yeah, yeah. He was yeah. from the edge the, of the, the dome or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <clears> the, the savages. <clears throat> yeah. Interesting. All right. So, what would you give it? Uh, out of buy, rent, burn, bludge, bludgeon. I wouldn't buy it and I wouldn't rent it, so I'm only left with burning it. Uh, but you can bludge it. Yeah, but only if, I'm, if I need to because I have to be on a Voyage of the Geeks podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there another B word? A lot of these, look, you become a fan of something, right? Mm. A musician, you think of your favorite favorite, uh, you know, band, and then you want to go back. Yeah. You want to go back into their early days. What were they like? What were the Beatles like yeah, yeah. when they were still playing in cellars? Yeah. Mm. You want, and this, that's the only reason this film still swims around in, in, in books. It's not because it's fantastic. It's simply because the guy made Star Wars and people t- bring up these old films because he's bloody made Star Wars. Yeah. It's like a research thing, you know. You you do it for yeah. research purposes, and it's or exclusivity again. It's it's quite literally exclusivity. You want to be able to say, so, so you've seen it, <laughs> yeah, 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 Oh, you haven't. Oh, oh. you haven't seen it. Oh, oh, oh yes. Yeah. Well, you're missing out on uh, some pathos there, I'm afraid. So. <laughs> you haven't really seen Paris until you've been there in the fall. Yeah, already, the title is mysterious. <laughs> the edX eleven thirty eight. Yes. What does it mean? Yes. And you think home. it means something profound, but it's bye. I like the, the thing, the, the robot Jesus, when he says, bye, <laughs> bye. It's like saying goodbye, but he's not. He's that, like, purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bye. <laughs> yeah. So I think by on that alone, I'll revise mine to uh, rent. I will rent. Yeah, I'm in the bludge research zone. Yeah. <clears throat> I would have to, for the first time ever, Trivia. I would have to say burn. Not because I like... I dislike the film, mm. but because of that's the rating system you offer me. You offer me buy, you can blood, any yeah. other B word that you can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> that's the rule. Beware. 
Bludge is close to bludgeon. <laughs> yes, it is very close to bludgeon. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. well, let's put it into this term then. Would you recommend it to um, to just your average Joe or uh, On what audience? grounds? I just would have to think, on what grounds no. would I recommend it? Why would I? What? What? No. Maybe no. if there's and, a and, student... And if you say no, why not? If there's a student of sound What's design... What's the main reason why you wouldn't recommend this? Come to me and if you're... Yeah, if, you, if, you like, if you're into sound design and you like weird, mm. weird sound effects, yeah. then yeah, yeah. That among many other films of the 70s. Yeah. But you, you only recommend popcorn movies where somebody's going to come back at you and say, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, when yeah. I saw that thing where he did that thing with a thing, yeah. you know, this isn't like that. You know, you'd only recommend it if it's like, you know, I don't really feel like watching something weird and slightly boring and horribly confusing. And yeah. it's like, I've got a movie for you. Yeah. <laughs> and if you took, take his name away from it, like if he has no association with the film, there's no value in the film. Mm. Is that fair? I wouldn't say no value, but... No, yeah, not no value, not because there is a story that he tries to tell. Yeah. It doesn't tell it very clearly. There are some good cameras. Um, there, there is beauty in that film. Yeah. There's some good things to, to look at and get inspired by. But then there are so many other films to choose from. Yeah. So it's not a standout movie, yeah. which is why I wouldn't recommend it. I think there are some good Orson Wellesy resonating um, thematic features to it mm. that are a little bit unique. But then you can just but watch an Austin Wells movie instead. Or The Matrix and you kind of get the yeah. same sort of vibe. I've got a bit of a Matrix vibe from it. <coughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's it for another one. Um, we're going to uh, try to take a look in, an, in one of our upcoming shows at the new... Um, um, v- 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 <laughs> Voyage. No. <laughs> Fantastic Voyage. The That'd be good for the one the day. What's the Besson movie? Oh, Valerian. 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 Okay. Um, so we're we're going to try to uh, change it up a little bit um, with with something that's current, but also we're going, going to, to move away. We'll try and move away from for at least in the next couple of shows. We'll try and move away from that seventies experimental film because um, we've done two in a row and my brain hurts. <laughs> I need some popcorn. Yeah, and I need to. I need to bring back the sense of looking forward to watching the film. And I <laughs> you, you, you guys I did lost that. A, a show earlier this year where you went through all the trailers and the things to look forward in 2017. Oh, this yeah. is a few, like 10 shows back. I mm. wonder if it's worth seeing all those films and ah, then making, yes, doing yes. a review at the end of the year. That's not a bad idea. Talk about Wonder Woman, talk about ah, yes. all the stuff that, that came out. And we really should maybe do a show on Wonder Woman because it's a... It's, Potentially a, stand, a, a turning point for DC films. Mm. It depends. It depends if they've seen the error of their ways and they get rid of this pillock that they keep rolling out to do. The uh, He did the Batman Superman and he was the executive producer or something on the Suicide Squad. And mm. the, yeah. I think he did half of the... Um, and <coughs> I'm going to tread gently. He's had a tragic loss. I think his daughter died. And um, he was the director of Justice League and removed himself from the film and now Joss Whedon is finishing Justice League. Mm. That's, that's good news. Well, that's what I thought that's at the time news. as well. <laughs> and I, know, and I, I wasn't sure whether that was politically correct to feel good about the fact that you know the director had to <laughs> leave because he's had that tragic loss. But at the same time, you, you can't help but recognise that, I mean, Joss Whedon Might knows how to make a, make a good film. But, um, Depends yes. on how late he gets into it and how much he can salvage. Yeah, we'll... we'll um, 
We'll try and take it in a couple of different directions moving forward. Anything exciting coming up uh, for you, gentlemen? I'm still uh, forging my way forward in the world of VR and architectural visualisation and seeing seeing what's going on in that world at the moment. Some great stuff, some really interesting stuff going on in in that. V-Ray for Unreal 3, which doesn't mean much to many people, but it's very exciting for mm. me. Interesting. <laughs> V-Ray's my bag, baby. My most <laughs> exciting thing is that I will get to bed early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I had a, had about 10 days of staying up till a minute after midnight every every day because I had to make bookings for, for an island mm-hmm. where the campsites become available at one minute past midnight and oh. you have to get in there. Wow. But you can only book a year, 11 months in advance, precisely. So if you want to go for two weeks, you've got to stay up Two weeks till one minute past midnight and book the site for the day. Wow. And I'm through with that so I can go to bed at like 10 tonight. So you got your booking now? You yeah, yeah, got all that done. Where's that at? And this is uh, this is Barrier Reef. Oh, nice. What is it on an yeah, island up yeah, there or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lady With Musgrave Island. Musgrave. Mm. Very nice. Uh, 40 spots. If you want one, let me know. No, no, because you're going to be doing that crazy shit, p- p- putting tanks on your back and going under. Not everyone so. does. There's, there's yeah, 40 spots. There's, there's going to be hammocks and trees. There's going to be sun on your belly. There's going to be right. drinks. There's going to be... If the do, right how do the drinks get to you? Uh, That's important. That that depends on how well you're connected you are. Oh, okay. If you're connected enough, you yeah. have somebody who actually has a solar-powered ice Ice maker. It's, you're saying words uh, that are sending me the other direction. Like, I've done the bear boating skipper or clipper around the Whit Sundays and stuff and got yeah. back and needed a holiday because it was work. Oh, yeah. It was work. Yeah. So, how the drink gets to you on the holiday, yeah. right? Not where you sit. Right? No, it's this, good to, this is it's okay the, to sit on a hammock on a beach, but if you've got to lug everything uh, four and a half kilometers or something like that. Some holidays are traveling, degrees. right? Yeah. You go in the bus and you go to some city, you go somewhere. So the entire holidays are just work, 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 yeah, yeah. And traveling around sitting yeah. cars. This one is purely like it's bracketed on the left and the right, obviously, mm-hmm. with yeah. lots of travel. You've got to get yourself up there, you've got to get to the island yeah. in rough seas, you've got to set up the tent, yes. everything. Yeah. But once you set up, for two weeks, there is absolutely nothing to do. You can so snorkel. Survivor can, with beer and food. <laughs> with beer and food Beautiful. and uh, usually more food than you can throw a stick at. Sounds so there's good. no, you have to overcater because you, don't, you never know if you get stuck. If the yeah. weather turns bad, they can't pick you up. Yeah. You're away from mobile phone coverage. Yeah. There's no electricity. There's no light. There's no, well, other than the torches that you bring. So you're really isolated and you just Sounds chill. Good. You just chill. You don't yeah. have to Sounds even go good. diving. It's a, it's a beautiful part of the world. All right, gentlemen, thank you for uh, another awesome look at uh, the, some of the cinema that was. Mm. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Until the next time, it's bye for me. Bye-bye. Auf Wiedersehen. Auf Wiedersehen.